Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Padawan Learner and Defender of Droids, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome, welcome. Hello there, everyone. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi and Clone Force 99 Tagalong, Anders Drew. Oh, very nice. Well, we vary in terms we got of, the news. The, <laughs> <laughs> of the ranks that we carry here on BGS. One thing will always remain constant. Much to learn we still have. Heck yes. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking a detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, Ooh. we're diving into season one, episodes 11 and 12, Idiots Array, lots of idiots in that episode, and Vision of Hope. They were brilliant. Excuse me. Brilliant idiots, yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> we have done our best to scramble our signal this episode, so we will be avoiding spoilers for future Rebels episodes, but I will throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. Very good. So without further ado, let's hop aboard the ghost and head to Lethal to explore our holocrons of knowledge. Anders, why don't you open up that first holocron for us? Definitely the first holocron. This is the Journal of the Wills, where we will be diving into the plot from these episodes. We start off with Idiot's Array, which opens at Joe's Cantina, where the crew of the ghost is trying to find work. Joe tells Kanan to talk to the mysterious stranger Zeb is playing Sabak with. I wonder who it could possibly be. <laughs> Thinking he has an unbeatable hand, Zeb bets Chopper against the stranger. Wild But uh, who's hiding in the shadows with an idiot's array? It is Lando, forking Calrissian. Me, Again, <laughs> by Billy D. Williams coming back. Of course, this causes Zeb to lose. And uh, hanging his head, Kanan brings Lando back to the ghost, knowing he will be in big trouble along with Zeb for losing mm -hmm. Chopper. Lando talks them into helping him smuggle something onto the thal. On the way to meet Lando's contact, Lando tries to insinuate himself with Hera, Sabine, and Chopper, while Kanan, Ezra, and Zeb scowl hilariously in the background. Yeah, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> they meet up with Asmorgan, a disgusting small-time criminal and additional pig man. Lando, seemingly out of nowhere, just hands over Hera to get his to get his merch, a puffer pig, 
but he assures Kanan Hera can handle herself and she uh, has picked up on the plan. Which, of course, she does because Hera is brilliant. Hera, yep. Handedly. Uh, she knocks out as Morgan and heads back to the ghosts on an escape pod. Lando isn't really that great at explaining plans in general, so he's really lucky the, c- the crew is able to improvise throughout all of this. Uh, they get him through the Imperial blockade of Lothal without, with some hijinks, uh, mostly caused by the puffer pig Zev and Ezra. But as Morgan somehow has beat them to the homestead, his poor sore feet waiting Walked for here? them. <laughs> Walked all the way here. Knowing. Uh, after a gunfight, the crew overpower as Morgan and send him on his way. Chopper steals some of Lando's fuel. And Hera tells Lando that he definitely owes her one after all of this. Lando laughs as they walk away, or as they fly away, knowing that Chopper has taken the fuel and saying that a gambler never shows his hand. So great. So great. Now, Vision of Hope takes a more serious tone. Ezra is practicing deflecting blaster bolts with his lightsaber when he's overcome by a force vision. He becomes one with the force and completely deflects all of the blaster bolts without realizing it. And he's excited by the vision, but it isn't what it seems. Never They listen to a broadcast by Senator in hiding Gal Travis and figure out that he will be on Lethal searching for rebel allies. Hey, that's us, right? Ezra sneaks into the capital to talk to his friend Zare Leonis, who's let him know that Callus is amassing troops for a large mission. So it's a trap. The crew plan to try and find Travis and rescue him from Imperial forces. And they infiltrate the old Republic building via a very smelly sewer system. They grab Travis and try to escape back through the sewer. They're separated and Travis goes with Hera and Ezra while Kanan is with Sabine and Zeb. Travis is acting super sketchy, though, and Hera picks up on it. When he shows his true Imperial colors, Hera takes him out, but not before he learns who Ezra really is. He taunts Ezra about his parents' foolishness and mentions that they were the first people to actively speak out against the Empire. So friggin' noble. (laughs) Kanan, Sabine, and Zeb finally catch up, and it's Kanan stops the big giant fan blocking their path with the Force. They escape Callus and the stormtroopers, but Ezra is saddened that they were fooled. Hera reminds him that she was also tricked by Travis, but that they still have hope. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best like shots with the two of them sitting out behind the ship and she's talking yeah. about hope. Yep. I love their and, relationship. So cute. And we'll be talking about that a little bit, but why don't we move on to that second holocron, The Will of the Force, where it gets to be a little deceptive. We decided that today's theme for the episode was deception. And first of all, it's Lando's deception selling Hera, am I right? Like, Mm. he totally went out on a limb all by himself to do this. Just not, not a great look, Lando to randomly sell people into slavery even if you're pretty sure she can get away (laughs) really good look on Harris part though just like running with it and being like all right I can see what's happening here I'm pissed but I'm going with it exactly that's Harris deception which is awesome Mm -hmm. yeah she's fantastic in those scenes freaking as Morgan saying that she's dressed ridiculously like get get over yourself yep (laughs) she looks great Harris always looks great 
And then Arena. we've got Chopper's deception to the two guards and stealing Lando's fuel, which is absolutely awesome, right? That, that was both great. Points, in the middle of the yeah. firefight, he's got like the, the burning treads. Like, get this yes. on the ship. Chopper, yeah. don't hide there. That's fuel. It's going to explode. He's like, oh, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> and then last but not least is Gal Travis's big time deception. Did you guys see it coming because i admit i did not not until Hera gave him the blaster i mean i was she kind of gave him yeah. like a suspicious look but then when she gave him her blaster it's like oh no yeah it's bad news yeah i don't remember the first time i saw this episode like where along the line i kind of saw it but i will say i mean being in that like big official building with your like troop of droids mm -hmm. the idea that you could get in there that quickly and that yeah. secretly was a little strange but ugh, just and his clues weren't that. like that good which props to the team for realizing like eh, this is a little too easy we need to go do some more field work yeah 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 well, any anything more on the series or the episodes theme with deception, guys? Before we move on to the series theme, Lando is just like the ultimate deceiver. He's a, <laughs> he's a cheater. He cheats at cards. He's just so good at what he does, like his charm and his manipulation. A lot of people don't. And see what it he does coming. is not very nice. No, he's not a nice man. <laughs> Leia likes nice men. This is not one of them. Does she really though? Like, let, no. let's be real about that. <laughs> well, in, a way, she ends up with. <laughs> in a way, the series theme also deals with deception because that's what the rebels have to do all the freaking time. Um, but to yes. turn to one of our themes that we generally talk about, it's the family that you choose. But in these episodes, it's kind of actually the family that they're not choosing. They're <laughs> kicking them out of the nest. And that's definitely not Lando. The boys are way too jealous of the smooth talker. Definitely not Gal Travis for misleading them. But you know what? Zara's moving on up. Ezra Zara was totally ready to up. Ezra was totally oh, no. ready to fully reveal his identity to him. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Which to would not have been a good idea either. <laughs> Probably not, but you know, it was a sweet moment, a sweet almost yes. moment. Yeah, this is like his his boy. This is his guy. Yeah. Yeah. And also in these episodes, the theme of family is just very prescient because we get a continued discussion about Ezra's parents and their legacy and kind of where he comes from. Mm -hmm. So seeing that combined with the rebels who, even though they have to deceive other people all the time, they're getting more and more open with each other. Right? Yeah. I wonder how much old Joe knows about what they're up to. Again, I want the uh, the old wise bartender. <laughs> that is a series. It was Star Wars cheers, cowards. We want it immediately. <laughs> so good. It'd be so fun. <laughs> really would be. All right. Well, I think then we are actually going to move into our next holocron. This is the Galaxy's Populace, where we discuss the characters and relationships highlighted in these episodes. So, Sarah, you want to start us off with uh, one of the bigger character reveals from this one? Yeah, and that's Lando Calrissian, voiced by Billy D. Williams himself. It's a wonder that he won Chopper in a game of Sabacc. I mean, does this guy ever lose? 
Well, except for the time that he lost the Falcon. <laughs> As he says, he's more of a galactic em- uh, entrepreneur, which I freaking love. And he's so smooth that even Chopper takes care of him. It just really like this choice that Chopper would be willing to serve Lando just so adds to the Lando mythos. And I have to say that live action Lando is the absolute best. Yes, I I will say though (laughs) that that moment where it's Hera and Lando and they need to prepare the ghost to scramble the signature and Hera tells Lando, you know, you know full well, you have to ask Chopper to do this basically because he, you know, quote unquote belongs to Lando now. Right. <laughs> and At he gives him that little like dog. I belong to no one. <laughs> yeah. But he reach he like kneels down and is like, You think you can do it for us, good buddy? <laughs> He's got that smooth talking, even for droids. I mean, we know. L3 fell for him instantly. <laughs> so I mean, clearly Chopper loved him. The boys did not. Does Lando always rub males wrong or is it these particular boys like as long as it doesn't ruin anything for the rest of rebels do we hear about lando in other canon things like how's that go down luke gets really jealous of him in legends <laughs> really <laughs> jealous Why, he goes he a- on a mission with mara jade uh, i was gonna ask oh, is he like get up on mara become, jade no they become really good friends though and so when Lando's around and asks about Mara or Mara asks about Lando, Luke is like, I'm not jealous. <laughs> unlike unlike sure. when Lando says our captain, which drives Kanan absolutely nuts. That is great. I, I our- love that moment. You should be lucky to be in a crew with our captain. It's like, oh no. <laughs> Do you think Hera knows how to play Sabacc because Lando challenged her to a game of Sabacc and Hera refused, which I think was the right call to make. But I was wondering, does Hera know how to play Sabacc? You would think that she would. I think so. Definitely. I think Hera absolutely knows how to play Sabacc. Whether she was just reading into the thing, like I'm not leaving crap up to chance when you're Mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. Or if she was just like, I know you're going to cheat. We're just not going to play this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Hera. Hera knows this kind of person. She's dealt with this kind of person, so she's like, "No, we're just not even gonna go there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Lando and Chopper seem to form a special kind of scoundrels bond pretty quick, with Chopper, quote unquote, like stealing the fuel, and Lando definitely knowing about it. Do we think that it was planned maybe because I could totally see Chopper taking credit for it and like dancing around as he did, even if Lando gave him the fuel because I don't see how Chopper could have moved it by himself. I just, maybe I'm In the middle of a firefight without getting hit. Yeah, I just don't see how he could have done it without help. So I think, I think it was planned maybe. I like the idea that it was planned. That would be adorable if they did plan it. Although Chopper, Chopper does seem pretty proud of himself. <laughs> well, yeah, but I also think ramp. he's just, try- he is absolutely trying to rub it in Zeb and Kanan's faces the entire right. time. Yes, exactly. I am part of this crew. Like, you need to appreciate me. <laughs> that is a great moment. Like, when they're, Hera is like talking to Kanan about the value Chopper brings to the crew and how he yeah. is a member of the crew. Mm-hmm. Another yeah, great he's moment. Not just their 
mechanic. He's right. He's not just their property. The right. He's part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> but Colleen, who else do we meet in this? Uh... <laughs> As Morgan. Mm. This pink pig like, this is hard to pronounce, you guys. Jablogian. <laughs> Jablogian, I'm sure is what it is. They're from Hut Space. Um, he's voiced by veteran actor James Hong, who I love from Kung Fu Panda. So he's the dad in Kung Fu Panda. He was <laughs> supposed to play a character in Clone Wars also, but those episodes were never released. So I guess this is like his consolation prize. Do we know what arc prize. that was? I think it was the Kyber Crystal arc from what was supposed to be season six originally, like the end okay. of season six with Obi and um, Anakin trying to find the Kyber Crystal. Mm -hmm. where they actually had a heart-to-heart -heart talk and we never got to see it thank you clone <laughs> still salty about that so i guess he gets to play like this rancid turd of a person instead of getting to play somebody in clone wars <laughs> oh we had this great role for you in clone wars but also here's this pink pig yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's still really good in the role he's excellent. oh so That's great he is very good so the other character, as we've mentioned, that we get in these episodes is freaking Gal Travis, the quote-unquote senator in exile, voiced by none other than Data himself, Brett Spiner. This slimy piece of space trash Ooh. using himself in a very similar way, actually, to how the Inquisitor was using Master Luminara to lure in the remaining Jedi. I'm kind of wondering mm. who got the idea from who. To use to use them as bait yeah his you know quote unquote pirate transmissions turn out to be a trap for rebel insurgents where no witnesses ever really make it out to tell the tale if they find out that he was in fact stabbing them in the back yeah. now the idea for this character motivation actually partially came from world war ii when propaganda was released to try and capture insurgents by the Nazis uh, to capture members of the French resistance. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy, I can't say, I can't say it enough. This guy is just a piece of garbage and a <laughs> slay-mo. <laughs> yeah, no. He was supposed to be in the Leia Princess of Alderaan book also, but they decided to go with a different character. But that could have been interesting to kind of see maybe where his origins came from, because we don't know. Interesting. Where came from. So that yeah. could have been cool. Hmm. So to pivot, let's move on to Hera, who gets a lot to do in the episodes further developing her character. One thing that I wanted to raise for us to maybe talk on or just to flag it is I thought that it was very interesting that Hera said about the shipments, no questions asked cost more, but Hera's willing to do it. So, Definitely. well... That's interesting because a lot of things could be shipped under the guise of not asking any questions. And so there's a little bit of moral ambiguity here. Is there not, Mr. Anders? There absolutely is. I think we touched on this a little, very briefly in a couple of previous episodes that these rebels right. do in fact live in the gray and they're very open about that fact. Now, they want to stick it to the empire. They want to do the right thing. They are relatively moral people but they also face the harsh realities of we have to do what we have to do to survive yeah yeah who we 
I think it depends what it is. I think Hera would find out what was on her ship oh, one totally. way or, or one way or another. Like Chopper would spy and find out, or Ezra and Zeb would open up a crate and let the thing out. <laughs> yes, that does make me feel better. That does make me feel better. And even though she doesn't like trust Lando, I think she gets at least a feel for him like he's not evil. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Dave Filoni said that Hera sniffed out Lando's character immediately and doesn't fall for his divisive nonsense. When Lando says Kanan is finally starting to appreciate her, she's like, uh, nah, he appreciates me plenty. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what. Not enough to uh, share a cabin with her, but you know. Well, I mean... (laughs) People talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hera is, and, and, and then the last thing about Hera that I wanted to point out is that she's so good of a pilot, she can drive when she's not even in the flipping cockpit because yeah. Kanan's in charge of the, of the ghost and he like doesn't know how to dodge, dip, dodge, duck and dive until Hera's <laughs> like, go find yourself some cloud coverage. Like my guy. You used to be able to fly. Like, what is happening? Why do I have to tell you this? Oh, I love Hera. She is space mom. She's the captain of our hearts. I do love when she's like, Lando, you need to knock this stuff off because my team needs to be able to work together in a cohesive unit for this scheme to work. Like, stop playing us off of each other. And this is going back to the relationships and the relationship between the ghost crew. The banter, so good. So adorable. So great really starting to shine they are they are a cohesive unit and even lando being there and kind of being divisive won't drive them apart forever it's just a nuisance he's just a never-ending nuisance at this point ezra and zeb are definitely brothers at this point they rib each other constantly which is great and then ezra's flirting with sabine too it's less cringy and more joke like but (laughs) when she's like oh the sewer smells like you Ezra and he's like you know what I smell like yeah (laughs) and then Sabine just kind of quipping that don't worry I'll be able to find you because I know what you smell like and Hera's like shut up we don't need to quit back at her right now we need to get away (laughs) it's so so good they are it's amazing and it's going back to the idea that it's like more joke like it's like Ezra's not quite as serious about the flirting at this point like mm-hmm. don't 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 get him wrong he'd totally be down if Sabine was down but it's almost like kind of like a joking punch in the arm yes a ribbing. it's yeah. that ribbing it's they're weaving in and out of each other so well at this point mm-hmm. and that's it's great for the development of the ghost crew. It's also just kind of like generally what does tend to happen when you have an ensemble cast and you're kind of getting towards the end of season one, things have kind of started ironing out. You're getting the chemistry between the cast is really starting to, to gel. gel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they record well, together and you can tell. Yeah. It. Well, speaking of gel, I think it's time for us to move to our fourth holocron binding the galaxy together. Mm-hmm where we explore homages and Easter eggs of today's episodes. Colleen, do you want to start us off? Yes, indeed. Okay, so The Idiot's Array, not just the title of the episode, that's an actual winning hand in the card game of Sabacc. The hand is made up of a two card, a three card, and the idiot, (laughs) which is the value of zero. It seems to be kind of like the Joker would be in a deck of cards. 
but it's not a zero when it's paired with a two and a three. Then it trumps the usual highest hand, which is the pure sabak of a positive 23. So poor Zeb, he had the highest hand and Lando miraculously got this idiot's array hand. So he probably cheated. <laughs> Almost <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is Lando's MO. That's just how it goes. I mean, yeah. Speaking of Lando, we also get his early interest in mining. So it's briefly mentioned in Empire Strikes Back that Bespin is in fact Cloud City. It is a gas mining facility. That's what they are doing there in the clouds. So here we see Lando's early interest in mining, specifically in the ores of Lothal, which the Empire is also very interested in explaining their serious presence there on the planets. Yep. A bit of a running theme whenever Lando is around, whether it's Han with Leia, Han with Kira, Kanan with Hera, or Ezra with Sabine, <laughs> he seems to inspire jealousy in guys as he chats up any lady in his presence. As Han once put it, he's an old smoothie. Definitely is. It looks great. <laughs> Lando also mentions that the land that he got is from Visago, <laughs> who we is the Deveronian pirate that we've met with the ghost crew that they've dealt with him before. The green-skinned Deveronian. Well, we've seen some red-skinned ones, so he's a green-skinned Deveronian. Yes, he's green-skinned. I think one of his horns is broken too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his yeah. ship is called the Broken Horn. Mm -hmm. Ooh. And then Hera also makes a pretty direct callback to Empire Strikes Back here, telling Lando that he owes her one after what you pulled, <laughs> which is exactly what one of the first lines we ever hear Lando say in Empire when Han Aww. lands in Cloud City and tells him, you, oh, what is it? Some gut sucking son of a whatever you got a lot of guts coming no here yeah. got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled <laughs> oh that's great i love that well next up is ezra's visions are normally constructed very similar to anakin's in the prequels and just like anakin he full out panics and doesn't think things through when he thinks his vision is starting to come true mm -hmm. wolf oh, yeah, poor ezra yeah. Oh. At least Caden tried to warn him. Yeah. Caden did try to warn him. He's like, no, don't listen to this vision. <laughs> like, it's probably right. Like, you're probably going to see flashes of it, but don't trust in it completely. Which, of course, it's exciting, though. You're like, I'm seeing the future. This is great. Good job, the force. Like, oh. Except Ezra's <laughs> like, I'm seeing the future. People are dying. Crap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We got to go get Gal Travis. Woo! <laughs> no, don't go get him. Who we do want to get, though, is Zer Leonis, who is back for this episode. Yes. He's been promoted, climbing that military <laughs> imperial ladder. His coordination with Ezra, though, shows the start of a network of people that our rebels are building in the yes. Outer Rim in Lothal. Finally, they get a little bit of support elsewhere. Like, mm -hmm. what a relief. Mm-hmm. And always just nice to see coordination among people. Mm -hmm. The importance of communication. Rebels is all about communication, which it I love. It really is. It's the first Star Wars property that's ever actually shown the benefits of that. Talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of talking, Hera also mentions to Ezra, as we said at the end, that they have hope. That beautiful shot of them sitting out on the ramp of the ghosts. 
And it's a pretty clear line from that to the couple of times we see in Rogue One, um, rebellions are built on hope. And Leia, at the very end of that movie, they ask what the plans are, what did they bring us? And she says, hope. hope. The absolute running, one of the big running themes of Star Wars in general is the power Absolutely. of hope. We have hope that things will get better and they will. Mm -hmm. Like I like that she adds that part for Ezra. Like you can always have hope that things will get better, but then saying, and they will, because we're here mm -hmm. and we can help people with hope. I love that. Hera's such a good space mom, you guys. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, this part, I was laughing so hard. Old Joe's Cantina has even more Clone Wars era merch than we first <laughs> thought. Outside his place, right over the door, is an authentic low-altitude assault transport. These are the ships. I know, right? They're so, so cool. They carried the clones to the various locations, like when they were doing ground assaults in Clone Wars. This particular transport is called the Crumb Bomber. Great. And name. the ship was seen in many Clone Wars episodes and sports the Kowakian monkey lizard art on the side, kind of very Sabine ish looking graffiti art. Mm -hmm. And this is a callback, of course, to Jabba's jester, Salacious B. Crumb from Return of the Jedi, the Crumb Bomber. <laughs> Wowie. That's wild that you like have spotted that because there's no <laughs> way I would have spotted that at all. Well, the only reason I did was like, what ship is that? So I went and found out what ship it was and i'm like for real it's the kawaki monkey lizard and it's called the crumb bomber yes absolutely too good yes. too good not to share it rhymes it's well another one that's too good not to share is the new freedom mural in the old republic building featuring lafal's capital cityscape as well as its major past industries fishing and agriculture the mural was inspired by American art from FDR's Works Progress Administration during the Great Depression, which is so flipping cool. Isn't that awesome? That is really cool. I One love more. that their former resources were fishing and agriculture, like actually working with the land and working with the planet. And now it's strip mining the planet. Mm -hmm. Very true. A lot of uh, climate change going on in Lothal if they used to be fishing. I don't think we've seen a water source yet. Very true. One quick thing I do want to mention also, just as we're on the subject of painting, is, you know, Lando does mention to Sabine her influences. And it's the first real mention of Sabine's art being protest art. Yeah. Ah, yes. Very good. Which, which was a nice artist. little Easter. Yes. From a Beth. Oh, our, a lovely can our, our lovely cantina band, the Beth. Mm -hmm. It's so um, cool though i love it <laughs> yes but the idea that sabine is in fact a protest artist kind of that graffiti protest art mm -hmm. i think is very important for her character absolutely and then this last one i know i am connecting multiple dots here but it's the type of thing my brain does so i'm doing it anyway all right so gal travis mentions that ezra's parents were very brave and very foolish in the Bridger transmissions. So Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the film, Lucius Malfoy says to Harry that he must be very brave to say Voldemort's name or very foolish, almost a direct kind of line for line thing. And Lucius is of course played by Jason Isaacs, who is the voice of the Inquisitor. Oh, wowee. That's that is the type cool. of thing that would show up in like an IMDB trivia somewhere. And I was just very proud of myself for making that connection. <laughs> Oh, 
oh, any connection to Jason Isaacs is just fine. Yep. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are on to our fifth holocron now, our newbie from Naboo. This Woo! is Flo's first time watching Rebels, so we tasked her with watching the episodes and giving us some questions and her takes, hot or otherwise. So Always let's find hot. out. <laughs> so hot, like for real. Always. Anakin's not in this flow. Damn it. Man, this is the worst. <laughs> You're willing to wait for it, though. I'm, I'm just waiting for that Obi Wan uh, series team. It's all That's I've what ever I'm talking wanted. about. Mm-hmm. That cast ready is for stacked. That. So yeah. good. So like Joel Edgerton can also come and sit in my living room for a while. Heck yeah. So let's find out what else our ambassador for Naboo has to say about today's episodes, besides lacking Anakin. I mean, it's a huge problem about the show, to be honest. <laughs> Okay, so let's start with episode 11, the second that they said Sabak. First of all, I'm obsessed with Sabak, and I like need to learn how to play Sabak because it's great, obsessed with it. I knew we were getting Lando for sure. Like who else is playing Sabak? Like it was like Lando or Han, like a million percent. So I was super, super excited to see Lando. It was great. He looked amazing, just lacking some capes, but like, that's fine. I'll pull through. I am He was rocking the super deep V cut. You know what? He wanted to show off a little something, something. (laughs) Nobody was complaining. (laughs) I mean, except for all the other dudes who he was like pissing off the entire time. And it was hilarious, especially when Ezra like just flipped on him. Like he was like, oh yeah, Lando's fine. And then he's like, hey, I like your art, Sabine. And Ezra's like, no, I hate that guy. Fuck him. Yeah. Okay. I want to interject here for a second because that was... That is super funny, but is it just a little creepy? Like, how old is Lando here? Because Sabine is a solid, like, 16, 17. 16, 17, yeah. Yeah, Lando's in his 30s at this I point. <laughs> I think he's, like, early 30s, maybe close to mid-30s. I think it would be super gross if he was actually trying to pick her up. I mean, he's he likes to flirt. He just flirts with everything that moves. <laughs> but I don't think he would be serious. Everyone and everything. Sabine up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's just his MO. It I think he's just driving a wedge. Oh, yeah. It's still creepy when you think about it. You're like, Lando, I know <laughs> yeah, what you're doing. I feel, like, I feel like hitting on Hera was fine. But like hitting on Sabine was like a little too far. Uh, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, just- yeah. Let's Weird. refrain. Like, I don't think that Sabine took it that seriously, but she's also like young and impressionable and like, right. put like, I mean, Lando's hot, like. And he know. knows art. Yeah. And he yeah. knows art. He, knows he art. understands the various galactic movements of art or whatever. And he's out Very there looking like Donald Glover, like. Okay, so my next comment about this episode is like, I'm not quite sure what the writers were on or what like was happening, but. They were like really into pigs in this episode. <laughs> like I didn't even like really know what to write in my notes because I was like, pig man has other pig for mines. I'm not really sure what's going on. So I called one alien pig man and I called the other one puffer fish pig. But yep. I guess later it was called puffer pig. So I kind of knew that. Uh, it. Now that you say that there's a suspicious uh, lack of Ugnots in, in these. True. Very true. They wouldn't work for Asmorian. They have standards. <laughs> what are what are sure. those again, Anders? Those are the those are the little uh, pigmen. Don't 
Yes, Quill. Quill from the Mandalorian. I have spoken. Okay. Yes, um, yes. Hondo's yes. got a couple in his employ. So I don't know. I guess there's like some sort of like pig planet in the galaxy where like all these pigs just come. I don't know. It was super weird. I was kind of a Niffler type animal, except that it expands. Yes. Very Niffler. Yes. Also, just like kind of looked like a bath toy like one that would like you know like when you squeeze them and their eyes like pop out and then like its tongue comes out too like <laughs> you know what are the anyways for all those of you on youtube right now you just got a beautiful visual <laughs> <laughs> so anyways it was super weird and i'm not really sure it's gonna be that useful but i hope for lando that it is um okay when i heard that the ghost was a corellian ship i was immediately like where is my Kira series? That's like you and your Hondo series, Anders. I just want my Kira series immediately. I would absolutely take a Kira series. Great. 100%. And what is, for our listeners who don't know, and for myself, what is that? Kira? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give Kira us is the love interest in the solo movie. She's with Oh, Daenerys. yes. Daenerys. Daenerys. <laughs> That's right. Amelia Clark, just stunning, amazing. Need all of the backstory on her. And I know I could read a book, Colleen, but like, I don't have time to read a book. You cannot. <gasps> Shut up, really? Nope. No, well, the so, like the solo novelization. Okay, so it's time to go write some books, Colleen. Let's go. <laughs> if they would let me, because Maul would be in those books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, heavily featured. You're like, oh, interesting. You need someone to write a book about Kira? <laughs> Insert yeah. mall every chapter. <laughs> so Disney, Lucasfilms, if you could reach out, Colleen McMillan, uh, fabulous author. <laughs> so that was very exciting. That was my like little Corellian plug. I'm a big fan of Corellia because I just really like the solo movie. I'm like, really. Mm. Um, and then Ezra obviously has such zingers in this one, namely the <laughs> when Zeb was like, I didn't mean to scare it or whatever. And he's like, it's your face's fault. It just looks so middle school. <laughs> Ezra's getting good with the zingers, I gotta say. I think we oh, talked yeah. about this a little earlier. Just the uh, the quips amongst the crew yeah. are so good. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, probably the funniest that I've heard in Star Wars in a long time. Just, like, very, like, quick and just cute and, like, but, like, not mean. Punchy. Like, they're still, like, yeah. so, like, family, you know? Like, stuff mm -hmm. that you would say to your siblings. Very, very cute. Love it. And then finally for this episode, Chopper is just a G. Like, I'm just really here for him. <laughs> like, his his claw things are just very expressive, and I'm I'm very, very into it. So good job, Chopper. Um, okay, episode 12. I was very concerned, obviously, immediately when Ezra had a vision that like brings back some very bad memories of my main guy, Annie. So <laughs> I was nervous. I loved Kanan telling Ezra not to take visions too seriously. Very, very good advice. Nobody ever heeds it. But I also feel like Obi-Wan was not as like clear with his advice. He's like, clear your mind or whatever. But it's like, no, no, like visions aren't always true. Or sometimes you only get a piece of it. Right. And so like, I feel like that's important to tell trainees. Yeah. Obi-Wan though had a long history with Qui-Gon on prophecy and visions. And I think he Fair. was also very confused about that whole deal. Not touching that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> well then maybe you should have gone to some professional development and gone advice from somebody besides Qui-Gon who I love and I stand Qui-Gon, but, but still. 
well, the Jedi Order's professional development on prophecies was don't listen. Good. Yeah, don't, don't bother. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Like, stay yeah. out of the archives. <laughs> <laughs> Dooku's like, no, make me. <laughs> Such a rat. Um, next, I was really excited to see Zare again. I was really mm. not expecting to see him again this soon. Like, very soon. My takes that I like loved it. And I was, you know, you guys had kind of hinted that we would see him again but I was not expecting to see him this season. So it came up so quick and I was like, oh, there you are. Like, you're looking great. Good job getting promoted, my dude. Way to go. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I have to say highlight of this episode was just Chopper <laughs> yeeting that other droid into the sewer. <laughs> yeah, is that droid manslaughter? Like, what is that? Oh my God, that was so funny. It was like, I don't know what came first, this or that 300 movie? Because I feel Pretty like- Pretty sure 300 came first. And I was like, this is like okay. the source of my absolute favorite Rebels meme. Just like, it this so is Lothal. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, 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 so good. I loved it. Yeah. Um, also, I have to say Sabine is just insanely clutch. Like, I don't know what they would do without Sabine. I don't know what they did before her. The like smoke bombs, there's like shooting. She's just amazing. So I'm super, super into her. Hera, also amazing to have known that Travis sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, huge. Yeah, huge. she my, smelled that out. That's my girl out. for you today, Flo, is <laughs> Oh, yes. Is uh, for all of you listening, Colleen has just shown a Hera Funko Pop bobblehead. <laughs> She's so cute. I love it. That was great. And then lastly, I just feel like I want to know everything about the Bridger transmissions. And I'm just, like, very, very excited. I hope we get all of that. I need, like... I want I those as like an album. as like an yeah like an audible like a podcast series where each one's yeah. only like five minutes or so, yeah. but just that'd give me all of the Bridger transmissions. I think that'd, that'd be, be very awesome. cool, very inspirational. I think absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, loved it. Still loving watching, which is really really nice. I have not fallen off the wagon like I had with Clone Wars. So two thumbs up, go Rebels. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great place for us to leave the fifth holocron. So let's travel to that sixth holocron conjecture at the cantina where we ask questions about the episodes and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. Colleen, why don't you kick us off? Excellent, yes. So what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Well, producer Carrie Beck and Pablo Hidalgo told Rebels Recon host Andy Gutierrez that Lando is not legit at this point. <laughs> Let's be fair. When is he? Stalker. When is he ever super legit until he gets to Cloud City? He's a smuggler who's into mining at the moment, but he could also be selling used ships next week or staging a play. <laughs> yes, I want to see Lando team up with the Ember Island players from Atla and do some <laughs> sort of play. <laughs> you know, it would just be fantastic. And then Dave Filoni, I loved this, said that he didn't want to let the other cast members into the same room as Billy D. Williams because he thought they couldn't handle it. Oh my goodness, that's funny. He thought funny. that they would fanboy out way too hard. So he's like, no, Billy D. over here, y'all over here. Did he like, at least swap. like arrange a meet and greet or? I don't know. I, wasn't I feel like I'd be mad. I would be so mad. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I was in an episode. I had a conversation with Billy D. Williams and we were never in the same room together. Are you kidding me? Tia yeah. Sarkar is probably sitting there like, no, I am flirting with Billy D. Williams. He's gonna, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna meet him. I would, yep. I would hope that they at least got a handshake. <laughs> at least a little bit. I love how suave mm. on and off the screen, just perfection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Billy D. just slaying, slaying all day. We love him. Oh, I've got the next one too, yay. 
So remember when Sabine was real mad at Hera that she didn't know everything that was going on? It's a good thing that the other crew members don't know everything that's going on because Ezra spilled a lot to Gaul Travis. Mm-hmm. Not quite a lot, but he did say when Gaul was like, oh, do you have like connections and other people you are talking to? And Ezra's like, nope, it's just us, la la la. And Hera's like, I'm real glad I didn't tell Ezra. Well, now conjecture and- <laughs> on conjecture on that point, though, if Ezra had known that Gaul was maybe not on the level, if Hera could have communicated that to him, this is very much on the fly on her part. Mm-hmm. Would yes. he have been able to keep that secret? Like Ezra is in general pretty open. Yeah, yes. yeah, he's very open. I, I think he, if Hera could have gotten anything like hinting to him, maybe, but he was too excited exactly exactly really in the moment and i think like he was kind of emotional because he knew this was a link to his parents and so i think like that was hitting him in a different way too where he was like he wanted to know and this Mm -hmm. was this was the the path yeah Yeah. well that's just it like how much does gal travis know if he knows about the bridger tapes basically that's pretty big do we also think he was punished after this because callus gave him a look yeah yeah almost definitely and actually thinking about that i was wondering about gal travis's past i don't think we know anything for certain but there are several kind of options of how he got to this point right there's the idea that he actually did start out kind of as a little bit of an underground rebel and he got caught and effectively Uh. just had to bargain for his life and doing that over time turned him into the man we saw today he says that he joined the Empire, which would indicate he somewhat willingly joined in. But again, is that at the very beginning, he was just always kind of a sleaze bag and just offered himself up being like, yo, I'll be your I'll be your spy to root out rebellion. Or did he do it kind of out of fear? And again, just evolved. You start seeing the perks of the job and get sort of jaded. And I don't think that there is any actual evidence on this front. I'm just kind of curious what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it's when you were weird. talking, all I could hear in my head was um, Sirius Black talking to Peter Pettigrew. Like, you should have died rather than betray your friends. Yes. You know? Like, yeah. just gross. Like a sleaze bag. Just nasty. Yeah. I think he was hiding pretty well. Otherwise, I think Bail Organa would have warned his rebel mm. cells about this That's possible true. thing. That's or true. even... If Fulcrum found out at some point and was like, eh, maybe not, don't listen to this person anymore. So like, he is hiding it really well if he was recruited from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't we move on to my question? Do any of you guys know how to play Sabak? Um, I found a tutorial online, but I myself don't know how to play. I do not know how to play. I do just like flow, want to learn. I think it's an interesting game. But actually, the one thing, every time I see Sabak now, I think back to this moment in the novel Bloodline, mm. which deals with Leia between um, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. She's at a casino with another senator, and she proves how good of a Sabak player she is because Han taught her. Oh. Now, several of us here uh, do some online poker with a couple of groups of people. And Sarah's the... really good. <laughs> Sarah is very good. Uh, 
I won't deny it. I do. <laughs> Sarah does pretty well. up with Sarah is frightening. <laughs> but um, one of the things about poker is, you know, the old adage is kind of, if you don't play your hand, you play the people across the table from you. So mm-hmm. you're kind of reading people. And Leia mentions in this novel that Han taught her, forget the other people. You look at your hands and you play the odds. You play the hard numbers and that's it. And that is how she consistently wins. Um. I also, I also definitely remember Sabak as a somewhat inciting incident in the first novel of the Darth Bane trilogy in Legends canon of how that character learned to kind of embrace his anger and rage and murderousness. Oof. Wow. All about Oof. Sabak. All I, about Sabak. I'm pretty sure that they sell a Sabak set or like what you need to play Sabak at Galaxy's Edge. Cool. So is, do we know, is Idiot's Array the very best hand you could possibly have? Do we know that for a fact? I just kind of assumed it since that's the episode's title. That's like a weird wild hand. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. It's almost impossible to get. That's I think what I, I figured. talked about it a little earlier with what was the highest hand. And now I can't remember. <laughs> given, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, given this with the... I think Zeb had the highest hand. Zeb had a full sabak. But the idiot's array did beat it. It can because there's a way to like basically reverse anything that's on the table, and I forget what it is. Oh geez. All right. Well, <laughs> would any of you guys n- not necessarily play Sabak, but get one of those puffer pigs Lando had? They were so cute, but what a hassle. Am I right? Such a hassle. Just get the toy from Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I'm not. But interested. it doesn't inflate. It doesn't inflate. If it was inflatable, it would be so much better. Okay, I will pitch it. I'll, I'm going to pitch a squeezy one that goes, oh. Well, there's a squeezy one. I think, Colleen, was it you on like our uh, on our text thread the other day? We're talking about uh, Shrek with the with the balloon <laughs> yeah. animals. Like, yeah. like they blow up the frog. I can't believe Galaxy's Edge. I just, I can't believe Galaxy's Edge doesn't have a balloon for the puffer pick. Okay, yeah. when we go, when it's BGS on tour to Galaxy's Edge, we can go pitch it. All right, guys, we'll bring some documents. Definitely. We're gonna have- Sarah will draw up some mock-ups. It's going to be great. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> Here All right. So one of the things I definitely love about these episodes, though, is we finally understand why Ezra's lightsaber does, in fact, look the way it does. That staple gun is actually a stun gun. It Ooh-hoo. shoots that little energy ball that's very similar to what his uh, slingshot shot. And I just freaking love it. Now, the yeah. more I look at this lightsaber, the more I think about, like, the mechanics of like trying to twirl it in your hands and I don't know if the handle would actually interfere with that but what do you guys think does the staple gun the nail gun just make more sense do you like it more what's going on I think it's absolutely great and I love that Kanan's even jealous of it I think that it's great that it can be used for long distance and short distance so it's such a versatile weapon absolutely I'm surprised more Jedi haven't tried to do this in the past like Ezra this just goes to show your prodigal skill because you made it, my guy. You made it. It's true. I agree. Yeah, I mean, maybe like it's harder to twirl, but maybe it's also harder to lose. Like on the flip side of that, like, Fair. like a Wiimote strap. <laughs> 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 That's kind of how I'm picturing it. Especially with how much they drop their lightsabers in Clone Wars. <laughs> yes. I also want to say, Sarah, you pointing out the the quip from Caden. Mine doesn't do that. 
Um, yeah. I do want to call out the writers for not having an additional follow up there. That was a perfect moment for like Hera to interject. Don't I know it? Oh, ayo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yes, I love it. But then he'd be <clears throat> shooting bullets, and that's not his way. Right. It's an uh, elegant weapon. Blasters are for <laughs> so uncivilized. Like, yeah, what is up with this lightsaber? It's a great way for Ezra to, in fact, hold on to his past. And embrace yeah. embrace who he's always been. The one other thing that really jumped out to me though from these episodes was actually Callus and the Inquisitor. Now, they don't really share too much time together, but Callus actually talks to the administrator that he doesn't necessarily think the Inquisitor's strategy of focusing in on the Jedi is the right thing to do. He thinks they should focus on the group as a whole. This is just less of a cohesive unit that we've seen so far in Star Wars from the Empire. Normally, we just see the standard chain of commands and everyone follows orders. I think it's even in Empire Strikes Back, like people are just taking responsibility when they make mistakes, only to be choked to death by Vader. But Right, great. But this is so, a little bit more of like, it's. I think this might be the first time we've seen someone just like openly tell a colleague, I don't think this is right. I'm gonna do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm it does make sense. Um, I, the Inquisitor, he has one job, and that's to get the Jedi, so he doesn't really care about anything else, but he's also not, like, big-picturing it, which is what Callus was trained to do. Mm -hmm. And as an ISB agent, he would have more kind of autonomy within the chain of command, definitely way more than the Imperial Navy members. Like, they would all be afraid of him. They would be terrified of Callus because he's, like, secret police, and he can basically do what he wants and he's in a different job structure again than the Inquisitor. Like they're all like in these different little pyramids <laughs> with their who they're answering to and their bosses. So Callus can be like, well, F the Inquisitor, I'm not doing what he wants to do. Even though it might work in the end, Callus has probably got a better idea for strategy than the Grand Inquisitor. Also cool that they can basically pull resources and people whenever they want from whoever they want and nobody can mm -hmm. say anything about it even if they don't really understand what the inquisitor is like they're afraid of the inquisitor too because they don't get it they're like it's like vader we don't understand what's going on whereas callus they at least kind of know what they're getting even if they are terrified of it <laughs> yep 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 well, I think that's uh, the last conjecture at the cantina that we had. So that's where we'll leave our discussion for today. But before we go, brum -ba -bum, there was a big Star Wars news announcement today. The new full trailer for the upcoming Disney Plus series, The Bad Batch, dropped. Burr, burr, burr. As well as the news that the first episode coming May 4th is going to be 70 freaking minutes long. That is a movie what are you talking about that's yes. not a show that's a movie <laughs> we'll be covering the bad batch here on bgs most likely right after the full series has aired when our pods on the rebel season two are done but we wanted to take a moment to give you a brief um and anders and colleen i mean it because i know that you guys are <laughs> featured on this reactions to the trailer so what did you guys think colleen start us off 
I'm super excited, full on ready for this series. I love that Echo gets another chance to kind of make a difference in the galaxy. Even though some of his bros are probably after them at this point, he's got the family that chose him and yeah. that he chose to be with. Love seeing Sagarera really pumped to maybe get Rex and how he teams up with Gregor and Wolf. Like those kind of possibilities are in there. And then the weird kid, always got to be some sort of weird, talented kid that's cute that has to tag along or they have to save. And then Tarkin, just seriously being the scariest MFR in the galaxy. Yeah. I'm ready. Ready for him to take center stage as the bad guy. Definitely, definitely. I also just got to shout out, Ming-Na Wen is back. So excited. One of my queens. (laughs) That 70-minute first episode. So we're going to get that 70 minutes plus the additional episode that Friday, giving us more content. I was thinking this season's only going to be like six episodes, maybe max. Um, Thinking about, I think it's Loki premieres like right after this ends. So just trying to fit that in. So the 70 minutes is just more content. Absolutely love it. Yep. The animation value in this trailer was absolutely amazing. Off like, the if chain. You, if you look at the animation from like the first episodes of Clone Wars and then the ones that they have for season seven on Disney Plus last year and now this, it just looks so, so good. Beautiful. And seeing some of the shots from this, we see them fighting the battle droids, which would indicate that we're actually going to start off during the Clone Wars, which means we might see the Bad Batch react to Order 66. Oh, given their kind wow. of mu- given their kind of mutated nature, that could be a really, really interesting thing to see on screen. Yes. So yeah. so pumped for it. I like seeing the different power dynamics and the fact that there's there is some clear and obvious tension mm-hmm. between the Empire and them. I love that. And this is also going to be rated for kiddos, right? Because I think that was wildly important for them to bring in a kid to the show, which I was not expecting at all. No. If you had no. made me place a bet, I wouldn't have placed that bet at all. And I think I think, and I hope that that's going to be wildly successful. I, I think it will be. I mean, the end of Clone Wars was technically supposed to be for kids too. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Well, I think that's where uh, we'll leave it. Join us again next week as we discuss the final three episodes of season one and ignite a blazing fire across the galaxy. Until next time, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And always keep telling other nerdy nights to join us because that really does help. You can head to the forgottenentertainment.com to check out all of the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including, drumroll please, yet another Star Wars podcast where Colleen and Anders, along with co-host Daniel and some special guests you may recognize, are examining the films in the Star Wars canon. Prequel start next week. until next time staple guns up and keep those episodes streaming bye everyone bye guys